Okay, so we're not going to speak about the Parsha this week. We're going to start talking a little bit about Pesach. It's never too early. Um, Rav used to say that a Jew lives from one Yantav to the next. Um, and as soon as uh, Purim is over, you already start focusing on Pesach. Unless you're Yekka, then you start focusing on Pesach since Hanukkah. Um, but for everyone else, I guess he was talking to... It starts right after Purim, and this is when uh, we start gearing up in terms of cleaning out the house a little bit and buying things and buying some more things and then buying some more things and then um, ultimately um, learning about the Inyanim of Pesach, the Halachas, and the Agadah. And so let's start tonight a little bit discussing uh, not so much the particulars of the Seder, but the actual word Seder. I saw from a uh, Hasidish Rebbe, the Vizhnitz Rebbe, when he came to Eretz Yisrael, he said that one thing I love about this country is that the Israelis are always using this lashon of hakol beseder. Hakol beseder, hakol beseder, everything is beseder. He says they don't know how right they are. He says because everything hakol, the entire year, is beseder, depends on how your seder went. And if you went and you had a good seder, then the whole year will go smoothly. And if you didn't, then maybe the opposite would happen. And so the seder is a very important, uh, very, very important uh, evening, of course, and what we do on that evening and what we speak about on that evening is all very essential to the entire year. But the word seder itself is what I want to talk about tonight. Um, in life, it's very important to be organized, to have what we call in Hebrew seder. And the Bali Musar point out that the people that are really successful in life are people that are very well organized. The people that, that's not to say if you're a schlock that you can succeed, but most people, if they're really successful, I think if we really you know, do like a case study of successful people, very many of them, the far majority, I would say, are people that really um, are very organized and very misudder. I just, uh, just tonight, I was just talking to a Talmud, and he was saying to me, he's like a, you know, a pre-med guy, and he's very, um, you know, he takes his studying really, really seriously, and he take, keeps perfect notes and um, and everything is always misudder by him. And he had he had a, a question because there are like people in class that are like goofing off more, and he's the guy that takes all the perfect notes. I remember I was the goody goody in my time that was always saying. And there's always these guys and come they come to you right before midterms and finals and say, "Can I have your notes?" Like as if it's like nothing. And you're of course expected to you know of course relinquish all of your hard earned notes and. He doesn't want to be a you know a bad guy and say no, but on the other end, he doesn't think it's fair, and that was uh, that was the uh, the question that. Um, but he's going to be successful because he's very very misunderstood and he takes everything very seriously. And the other guys in the class, maybe yes, maybe no, but it, there, the chances are that if you're not really, if you don't have seder and you don't have good study habits and you're not um, you're not uh, very very well organized. Um, there's a good chance that uh, that you will not be as successful. I remember when I was uh, when I was a kid uh, in elementary school. So 
the teacher, he was a great teacher, he was like a really famous social studies teacher, he wrote like books on, on history, like a very famous guy, I don't know how we got, got him, but he, um, maybe it was a dare, I don't know, but um, <laughs> somebody, uh, so he, he once gave us a report um, to work on, you had to find like three articles, um, and there was no internet back then, so it was hard. Um, from uh, about like the executive branch of government and the uh, judicial branch of government and legislative branch of government and you have to like make a whole nice thing and I was very yuckish so like a month in advance every time the New York Times came to uh, cut out you know see an article about you know I think it was President Roosevelt back then uh, it was uh, it was a long time ago but it was uh, you know I would cut out an like article so you know, so I cut out an article about him and then about the, uh, the anyway, I was very, came by by Yaim, you know, I was like so proud, I put so much energy into this, into this thing, everything was like perfect, and I had a friend in class, and he was the exact opposite, he was like a real, you know, like, like a schlock, for lack of a better word, and, you know, but I was in the spell from what he did, I was like, the day of the thing, like everyone was like working really hard in this, he brought in like a Sunday Times to, he didn't even do it yet. He brought in a, a Sunday Times, and like five minutes before class was about to begin, you see him feverishly cutting and pasting and whatever and gluing and like, you know, but it was all like just schlock. Um, I don't want to say what happened to that guy, um, but um, he wasn't as successful as I am. No. Um, but he, um, and, yeah, close, very, very close. Not, not yet. But uh, close. And uh, anyway, the people that are misudder in life generally tend to be more successful. And this is the Ashkacha Satira. This is the Ashkacha Satira. The, the Tyro wants us to be very organized. Um, just to explore a little bit how much Seder plays a role in Jewish life. So let's look at all the things that uh, that, that 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 is. So that the word itself is so is, is so part of our religion. Every day uh, we daven from a siddur. Siddur means that it's all organized. That's what a siddur does. It takes shacharis and benching and mincha and mayrib and musaf and rishchaydesh and put it all together in a very organized fashion. You have a book and you're able to pray the entire year's prayers all from this one book called the siddur. Um... If you're learning in yeshiva, you have first seder and second seder and night seder and uh, you know and bena starim. Everything is a seder. Starim are very important. Seder means there's an organized system. It's not shlak. There's a seder. There's a set time to start seder and to end seder. There were certain yeshivas that made five minute starim just to show the importance of having organization, that you're here, it's, you're not supposed to roll in you know, 20 minutes late and leave 20 minutes early, you're supposed to be there on time and leave on time, and that is all what Seder and Yeshiva are supposed to accomplish. Um, by a chasna, there's a Masader Kedushin, somebody that arranges, not, it's not happening by itself, and it's not, it, there has to be somebody that's officially, an officiant that's really taking control over the whole chasna, and, um, you know, and he takes it very seriously. There's a, um, a story in my upcoming book on, on photographs, I don't know if I told you this one yet, but he, um, there was a, um, Rev, 
Rav Rudiman had a Talmud in Ner Yisrael who was getting married, and he went to Rav Rudiman and asked him for uh, to be Masada Kedushin. So Rav Rudiman said to him, he looks at his calendar, he says, no, I'm so sorry, unfortunately I have another, I have another uh, appointment that day, I can't make it to New York, uh, I'm very, very sorry. So he calls his father, this Bachar, and he says, Tom, Rashiva said he can't be Masada Kedushin. So he says, okay, great, uh, Ramesha Feinstein. They lived in the, bu- in the Lower East Side in Ramesha's building. And so, um, so he says, I'll go ask Ramesha. He knocks on Ramesha's door, and Ramesha, you know, let him in, and he was so happy, of course, we're friends, we're neighbors, I'm happy to come, and uh, my Rebetzin will come, and, you know, and I'll be proud to, to be your son's Messiah, the Kedushin. Anyway, a couple of weeks later, um, Rav Ruderman comes to this Bachar in Yeshiva, and says to him, uh, something changed, my calendar is now cleared for that date, and I could be your Masada Kedushin. So this boy was very happy, and, but then he remembered Rav Meshav Feinstein, a little detail there, and so he calls his father, he says, Ta, you got to tell Rav Meshav that, he, uh, you know, that I, I got my Masada Kedushin back, and uh, he says, I'm not telling Rav Meshav that, you know, that you, could, you tell Rav Meshav, it's not, I'm not going to get into, you know, why would I want to tell Rav Meshav that? He says, in the, in the end, they made a pshar. When you come back from Baltimore for Shabbos, we're going to go together and tell the Rosh Hashiva. So, you know, they knock on the door of Ramesha, and Ramesha and, and opens the door himself, and he sees them both, and he hops, you know, with this brilliant mind in a split second what happened. He says, you think that I'm just coming to your chasmim and the Kedushin? He says... Of course, you're, you know, Ravunaman should be your Masada Kedushin, he's Rosh Shiva, and I'm going to come with my Rebetzin, and I don't need any kibbutz, I'm just coming as a friend, a real tzaddik. So, on the day of the Chasna, so Ravunaman was um, sitting in the Chasna's, by the Chasna's tish, next to the Chasna, and he was getting ready to start filling out the Tznaim and the Ksuva, and all of a sudden Ramesha Feinstein comes into the door, so... You know, Rudiman sits him right on the other side of the chasen, and he says to Ramesha, of course the Rosh is going to be Masad the Kedushin. I'm not going to be Masad the Kedushin if Ramesha Feinstein is there. So Ramesha says, no, you're the Bachar's Rosh you're the Chasen's Rosh you should be Masad the Kedushin. He says, he says, he says, no, he says, I'm not going to be Masad the Kedushin. He says, um, he, so, so, so Ramesha says, he says, uh, so Rudman says, and the Rashiva is older than me, and so you're you're going to be Masada Kedushin. He says, I'm older than you, and I'm telling you that you're going to be Masada Kedushin. So he said, so he smiled at Rudman. He said, Fine, I'll be Masada Kedushin, but um, but he says, uh, but I want you to as Masada Kedushin. If I'm organizing the Kedushin, I insist that you are going to fill out the Tznam and the Ksuba. That's what I want you to do. I spoke to the Chassan, um, and I, anyway, I, I, I got in contact. This is a pretty well-known story Pesach Kron writes in his book, but I, I tracked down this Chassan, and I asked him, you know, do you have a picture of any of that? He says, sure I do. So he sent me a picture of, of Ramesha accepting the Tznam and the Ksuba from Ravudaman, and... Um, and he told me more of the story that wasn't in the book, but he but basically he gave Rav Meisha um, Kriyas Aksuva, and and he said that in all the pictures 
you don't see Rav Rudiman. Like Rav Rudiman gave him the Kriya Saksuva, and he basically told Ramesha to stay up there by the Chuppah. So it looked like in all the pictures, like Ramesha was Messiah the Kedushin. He was so sneeze, he was so anivastic, Rav Rudiman, that you know, he begrudgingly, he had to get, he had to be inside the Kedushim, but he wanted to give Ramesha all the attention, all the limelight, so he basically did the bare minimum, and he like backed out. He wasn't even in most of the pictures of, of under the Chuppah. But that's what a Masada, Masada Kedushim is very important. He is the one that's being Masada the Kedushim. There are other, I think, Rabbi Yashabar Salvechik also says a similar story that he was called up to Masada the Kedushim, or Maisha was in the room, and he says, I'm Masada the Kedushim, I'm being Masada the Kedushim by giving it to the God of Adar. That's, that's, that's what Siddha Kedushim is. You're, you're organizing Kedushim. And, um, and of course, as we're talking about tonight, the Pesach Seder is the, the most prominent night of the Jewish calendar, I would say. It's a night that's full of amuna, full of... And, and it's about Seder. The whole Seder is about keeping the Seder. That's why we start off, the minig of many people is, to start singing Kadeh, Eshur, because it's not just that it's, that... it's very important that everything be done according to schedule. There's Kaddish, there's making Kiddush, and there's Orochatz, you break them. You can't do things out of order. Everything has to be exactly the right order with all the... all Kachalchul Kaisav, Omishpatov, Kasher, Kasher, whatever, Lusadr Aisai, Kainiz, Galas Aisai. That is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to follow an exact table of contents in order because this is what the Rabbi Nishlam wants. And... That shows how important order is in the world of Judaism. Tonight in Meirev, we're going to say, "Umesader sakaychavim." Hakadosh Baruch Hu arranges the kaychavim. Mishmar seim berakirkutzayin. You see, ultimately, this stress that we have on seder comes from the fact that we are following the Rabbi Nishlam. There is no greater Masader in the world than the Rabbi Nishlam himself. He's Masader the Kaychavim. He's Masader everything. Everything in, in the Bria, all the galaxies, and all of what happens on a cosmic level and on a very, very minute level, everything that happens in history and everything that happens in our own personal life, everything is with an exact order. There is nothing random. We don't believe in that. We don't believe that anything is happenstance. There's no mikra. Everything is exact. Everything is perfect. And whether we see it or not, whether we realize it or not, that's the way that HaKadosh Baruch Hu runs the world. Revolvi, in his classical Sefer Aleishur, um, in Chelek Bey's page Shin Yotes, he says that one of the greatest proofs to Emuna, to believing in Hashem. If somebody asks you, how do you know that God exists? So he says the greatest proof of God's existence is that if you see a world that's so perfect, it can't be that there is Seder without a Masader. If you would come into a room and you'd find a table that's perfectly set with, uh, you know, with napkins and forks and knives and spoons and crystal and china and everything is exactly as it should be, and you say, who did this? Like, who set the table? No, 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 it just happened by itself. Obviously, it's impossible to believe that. It's too perfect. You know, if you see a table that looks something like this, then, you know, maybe. But, you know, but if everything was exactly Masudr, 
um, then you can't say that things happen just like that. And that's really the greatest proof to God's existence. That's something that I think no, you know, no Kaifer could really disprove or has been able to, you could say all you want about carbon dating and evolution and all this stuff is all very fine and good, but no one has ever been able to explain how it could be that the world is so perfect. You don't find mutation. You don't find, you know, if, if, if evolution was true, so, okay, maybe there would be a large percentage of animals that are perfect, but wouldn't there also be a lot of mutations running around that have not been yet fully formed, fully developed? You don't find that. I mean, you know, every single animal, every single fish, every single human being, you know, is pretty much, you know, perfect. Obviously, there are certain occasional uh, things that, that go wrong, but, but the vast majority, you know, is, is perfection. Everything is working in terms of our... Rav Shachis is saying, So, Pasuk, from... I see God from my, from my flesh. You don't need to look any further than, you know, just look at the human anatomy. Look at all of the... The, the blood and how it courses through our veins and through our, the heart is pumping and the kidneys are pumping and the liver is, everything is working so perfectly. If there's such seder, there must be a masader. The fact that the world exists shows that there's a God. And so Revolvi says that if that's true, that Hashem showed his ratzen through the bria. That means that if we want to see how successful a human being is, the best way to do it is by examining how Masudr he is. If he does things in a very organized manner and everything that his desk is neat, his bed is made, his, you know, his, his taxes are in order and his, uh, you know, his, his family is, is fine, you know, then you know that he's, that, that he's doing God, God, God's work. Isn't there an expression so that... Um, what, cleanliness is godliness or something like that if the Rebbein is a very clean organized being everything is done perfectly the Rebbein doesn't do things messed up the Rebbein doesn't do things in chaos everything is done properly and Revolvi says if you really want to be successful in life you have to follow the Rebbein we have to be misader our personal lives also in such a in such a way that's really well organized Interesting. It's like a take on Mahuapato. Right, exactly. That's it. We have a lot of Mahuapatos. Not only Biker Chaylam, and, and it's, this is also one of them. You have to be organized. You have to be, you know, very neat and proper and fine and dress a certain way and act a certain way. And, and uh, you know, when you see people that are not that way, then you know that there's something missing, there's something wrong. The altar of Kellum used to say that that life is like a, a pearl necklace. He says a clasp of a pearl of a pearl necklace is what keeps all the pearls on the necklace, right? If if you, if the clasp would be broken, it would be a clasp that would break. Then all the pearls would go scattering all over the place. And he says that just like. Um, you can't have a pearl necklace without a clasp. He says the clasp of our life is being organized. 
If you're organized, you could do everything and anything and be very successful at it. But if you're not organized, then everything spins out of control. You're going to have you're going to be running after the pearls all over the street, all over the all over the ground because you can't hold it together. It's not you're not good at keeping things in the proper or organized. And there's uh, Dr. Wexler always tells me that there are there are people that come to his office, a very prominent dentist, and uh, he says there are some families that have um, you know they have ten kids. And all their kids, one after another, they're all their teeth are teeth are perfect. They're all brushed properly and you know flossed and you know and, and no cavities. They all have a clean bill of health. Then there are some people that have two kids, three kids, five kids, and uh, you know and it's a disaster because it's you know that's but you, meaning you know I know people they have you know you wonder how do people have twelve kids as a shaykh you know. It's very easy. They run it like an assembly line. Everything they... They come on time. They never miss an appointment. And the other families, they're just late all the time. They forget appointments. It's, it's yeah. straight across the board. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. that's the way it is. You know, the people that... You, sometimes you can have one kid and you can't, you know, can't control that kid. And then you can have 12 kids. But if you, you know, they come off the bus and they march straight into the pool, they get into the, into the, uh, the bathtub, and then they brush their teeth, they get into their pajamas, they're in bed, they tuck in, they some people are able to do that. You need to do that if you're gonna if you're gonna run a family, if you're gonna run a, a business, if you're gonna run a you know you have to be able to be very organized. And if you're not, then um, then that's going to be a very big problem. Um, there was a story about the Altafin Kalim who was really. He is the role model, I guess, of uh, of being perfectly organized. Everything in everything in Kelm was super, super efficient. Um, there was nothing that was happenstance, and everything that they did, they had to. They were Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky was there for I think one zman, and he had to leave. It was too crazy, you know. It was too regimented. Everything he says that I couldn't stay there. He says, but it's, it would be important for every person to be in Kelm for a little bit just to see how regimented life could be and you know like the famous story about about Kelm was that um, the boys were not allowed to move their head during Seder you're supposed to look in your Gemara you can maybe look in your Chavrusa your Chavrusa once in a while but that's it. You would, if you would turn your head around to look at who came into the base medrash and who, you know, where the Rashiva is and where this person is, well, what's going on? That's not Kalm. Kalm is like you are like robotic. We're going to expect you to have perfect seder. You have to be here on time. You have to leave on time. You have to be mamish, totally in control of yourself. Like the Rebbeinu the Rebbeinu everything works. Imagine if the Rebbeinu was schlocky, you know, the moon, oops, I forgot to put the sun out today, oh, my bad. Like, no, everything has to work like clockwork. If it doesn't work like clockwork, it's, we're finished. And so the, the famous, made possibly apocryphal story about Kelm was that the mayor knew about how regimented, the Gaisha mayor knew how regimented the base medicine Kelm was, and he wanted to show off to a... Uh, a um, you know a hush of a visitor. So what he did was he told this visitor about how regimented. He said, "I don't believe you." So he says, "Come," and he brought a tuba player to come with him. The tuba player was told in the back of the base medish, "Okay, now start blowing the tuba," and he blasted the tuba out of nowhere. You know, and and not a single boy turned their head around. That's how perfectly. You know they were they were they were trained to be just like so, 
Um, so the Alter and Kalim used to, he basically copied the Seder of the Vilna Gain in learning. He would sleep two hours a day. He would learn then um, two, uh, two starim of eight hours each, each. And those starim would not have a break. Bishamayfen. So he would basically sleep two hours, and then he would learn about 16 hours straight. That was following the Vilna Gain's um, Seder Ayayim. So one time, a big Nadiv, a big donor, came to the yeshiva, and he said, I want to speak to the, the Altavan Kalim. They said, okay, but you have about two minutes because he's about to start his 16-hour Seder, and then once he starts, that's it, you're done. He says, all right, listen, my name is uh, Rockefeller. I think he'll make room for me. I, I, you know, I'm pretty sure that it's fine. He'll make an exception for me, wink, wink. And they said, all right, you, know, you sure you want to do this? He says, yeah, of course. He, you know, if he knows what's good. For, anyway, two minutes later, you know, he already locked his door. He started learning his 16 hours. And the, so the Gavir goes and knocks on the door, very confident, and Bishumayu bangs on the door, nothing. He would not open the door for anybody. Because that's, that's the way it is. Everything was with an exact, with, was with an exact cheshman, uh, with an exact seder. Um, and this is, uh, this is basically what we, uh, what the Pesach seder uh, teaches us. The Pesach seder is supposed to remind us, and this is something that the morale, morale has probably the best pirush on the Haggadah. There's, a, there's, a, there's no shortage of pirushim on the Haggadah. I think after pirushim on Chumash, the Haggadah is the second most commented on Sefer. Uh, there are literally tens of thousands of Haggadahs out in the market, and I'm always tempted to put out a Haggadah, and then I think to myself what's the point? Like, you know, if I do it this year, next year is going to be 20 others flooding the market. No one's ever going to look at my safer again. So I still might do it, but, I, but you know, but it's, it's just so funny how many new Haggadah. There are people that have a minic every Pesach to buy a brand new Haggadah and to use, to use that Haggadah. So the Maral really has the, the great, one of the great Haggadahs is the Maral. Um, and, uh, and Maral starts off as Haggadah, and he speaks about this word Seder, and he says that it's true that the Seder of Pesach represents the fact that there is a, a Seder of the night, there's an order that we have to keep to the night, you can't do the Pesach, Pesach, and you know, there has, everything has to be yekish, everything has to be done exactly so on Seder night, but really the, the deeper meaning of Seder, he says, is that it's supposed to remind us, and when we're finished with a Seder, at the end of Seder night, we're supposed to remember that every single thing that happens in our life is all Mesudr, meaning HaKadosh Baruch Hu is running the world. That's the basic Yisait of Seder night. Just like we have to keep to a certain Seder of Kaddish, Orchatz, Yachatz, etc., and by, this, by the end there's Nirzah, and that's, that's the end of the Chassal Seder Pesach, so too, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is running the universe with a perfect Seder. The galaxies, like we said, are running on a perfect Seder. And, you know, never, everything works exactly so. But the same way that there is, 
perfection in the galaxies and in the way that the luminary bodies work and the way nature works and 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 you know the way that uh, vegetation grows and and uh, and uh, um, photosynthesis and 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 biology everything works perfectly. Hakadosh Baruch Hu runs my life and your life also with divine perfection. There's a seder. And that's really what Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim teaches us. Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim is teaching us the lesson that HaKadosh Baruch Hu runs the show. Not only because he redeemed us from Egypt, but even the, the Gaulus itself, all of the pain, all the suffering that the Jews endured during those terrible years in Egypt, once we had the Gaulus, we already were able to look, once we had the Gula, rather, we were able to look back and see retroactively how every single thing, although it seemed that there was Hester Panim Nakhadosh who was not listening, he wasn't responsive, he really was. And everything that happened was for a reason. Every single hardship that we endured made us into a greater people, made us uh, ready for Matan Torah, to be Abde Hashem. And... And that's really the lesson of Seder. The lesson of Seder night is that even though we're in Gullus for now 2,000 years, and this is like the Gullus that we're currently in is, you know, Gullus America is a, has been a golden Gullus. I mean, you know, we're, we're so blessed in this country, but this Gullus of Edda and this 2,000 years of Gullus has been, you know, a nightmare of a Gullus on the whole, with, you know, from the Chorban all the way to... Uh, you know, to, to all the pogroms and all the crusades and all the and the inquisitions and the uh, and the Holocaust and you know and all the daily events in Eretz Yisrael and and the atrocities at Hebron and uh, all the things that happened throughout our history in this Gaulus has been terrible, terrible, and it seems like there's tremendous hester upon him, but every single year Jews have taken out the Agada and said, There's an amuna that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is in full control, and everything that happens is for an exact reason. We don't know the reason. We don't, if somebody asks you, you know, why did the Holocaust happen? You don't give an answer. You, we dare not offer any suggestions. That's not what, we're not in the business to explain, you know, God's rationale for doing such things, but... We do believe that there was a reason, and when the gula comes, we're going to understand everything. Right now, it seems in, impossible to understand, and you know, I wouldn't venture to, to say it, certainly not to a survivor, but to anybody for that matter. But, but there was a reason. The Rebbeinu had a reason for some reason that we don't know, and, and there will be an answer someday, and there, we believe that there is a Seder, and that's what the Seder teaches us. Everything is with a reason. There is nothing that's random in HaKadosh Baruch Hu's world, and there's nothing that is happenstance, there's nothing that's accidental. Everything happens for a reason. And in our personal life as well. You know, if something, if something good happens, we thank the Rabbi Nishim, but when something bad happens, we have to understand that there's a reason for that as well. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, maybe it's a punishment, maybe... It's not really a bad thing. It seems bad, but it's really a great thing for you. Just didn't realize it. You know, how many times I, I tell guys, you know, and I've probably said this to you a thousand times also, you know, guys come to me. The number one thing that I have to deal with is shidduchim in the yeshiva. So guys, they were dating a girl, and it was going great, and whatever, and now she dumped him. 
and uh, he feels awful, and you know, where is God, and what's going to be? This is the girl I was supposed to marry, but I said, listen, buddy, you know, I've heard it a thousand times already. I'll tell you, let me tell you the, the, the truth, okay? The truth is that that girl who you thought was meant for you, really the Rabbi Yisham felt that she wasn't meant for you. And someday, hopefully, you're going to get engaged to a different girl, and you're going to come back to me, you're going to say, Rabbi, thank you, you were a thousand percent right, because that girl was wrong for me. Now, with the passage of time, I have clarity, I'm able to see the big picture, and I see now that it wasn't right for me. And that's the way it is, not just with Shidochim, but it's true with everything. It's true with if a person, Rahman al-Islan, you know, loses a job, if there's health reasons. We don't know why or when. No one knows it. We can't divine the reason. But we do have to believe that if there is a Seder in the world, there's a Masada in the world. And if there's a Masada in the world, there's a Seder in the world. And if HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Masadis HaKechavim, he's also Masadir each and every one of us, our life, our challenges, our hopes, our ambitions, our, our successes, our failures, everything is orchestrated by the Rabbi Nisham. And that's the takeaway of the Seder. The Seder is, says the Maral, that there's a Seder to the night, but really the deeper meaning is that there's a Seder to everything in the world. The whole world has an exact purpose, and, a, and an organization and a, and a, a plan and uh, Kaddish Baruch Hu is following the plan exactly he's not forgetting about us he never overlooks us and as dire as things seem there's always a reason why it's happening if you don't believe in the Rabbi Nishlam, the world is a horrible place everything that happens you have no one to blame there's no rhyme or reason Jews are very fortunate people. When you believe in the Rabbi Nishlam, no matter what happens, you open up a sitter and you say to the Rabbi Nishlam, I don't know why this happened, but I believe that Gamzulotayv, I believe that this is for good, and I, I don't know when I'm going to see the good. Hopefully I'll be able to see it really soon because things are really bad. But ultimately everything we have to take with the Nechama and with the reality that the Rabbi Nishlam is the ultimate Misader, and everything is going to have a happy ending.